Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Do it live. Wired Access. We'll do it live. Wired Access. Right. Welcome to another Wired Access podcast. I'm your host, DJ K Dove Omaha. We're part of the Herdat Sports Production team here. And to my left, I am welcoming Anna Bella Housing. Welcome to the show. You're one of the major contributions to the Herdat Media. And I wanted to bring you on because I feel like females in social media is growing so much. And you're a part of that team that, I mean, this started from the bottom. Now we're here, right? I mean, you're living in so surreal moments. But how long did you play sports growing up? Let's start back then because, like, being in the social media for sports, sometimes you have that good sports background that maybe someone doesn't know about yourself. Where did What all did you do when you were growing up? What was your yeah. sports experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it all started with you sports for sure, as it does probably with most of us that are in the sports world today, right? So uh, it started playing like softball when I was younger, soccer, um, track and field was my thing growing up and basketball was big. Like I was like, I'm going D1 in basketball. That was my thing. Not that tall, didn't really work out that well. But but uh, you don't have to have the height. If you if you got the grit that yeah. you got right now in the social hey. media world, it had to have been yeah, something, something, right? Yeah, something went wrong in my basketball <laughs> career. I don't know what happened, but yeah, that didn't work out. So once I soon realized um, that, I mean, I, I ran my first two years in college at UNO, so I, I do have some college experience uh, at the D1 level, which is like awesome when I traded for the world, but Honestly, like, my sights were always set on sports journalism and wanting to be a reporter. Like, that was, I always knew, like, from middle school on. Well, so I'm a guy that, you know, if you ever listen to Heard At Media and you see myself, DJ K-Double Mom, I'm about all these things that I do, right? But what attracted you early to to the sports media side of it? Because it has to be a reality of going, you know, I can only take the sports so far. I can only do it so far. But it's also a gut thing, like, to know that you went through some feelings that, you know, some people are afraid to talk about or even even to express the fact that I had to go, man, I am at D1, but can I do something else quicker, faster? Yeah, I mean, those are all really good questions for sure. The, I mean, your athletic ability will only take you so far, right? And even if I was a world-class track athlete, like, they don't even make that much money, right? It's hard for them to even make livings off of sponsorships and whatnot. Like, it's not a highly paid sport. So, like, the Olympics wasn't like... Oh, no. God, no. Oh, my God. I have to ask. The, I mean, the, like... I'll tell you when my career ended, actually. I know the exact moment. I was lining up at a meet in California, and I looked to my right... And there was a girl in a jersey, much taller, much bigger than me, and it said Brazil with an S on it. She was on, like, the Brazil national team. Like, okay, smoked everyone. And after that point, I'm like, wow, I really can't hang with these D1 girls. Like, oh, my goodness. So uh, it was fun while it lasted, and I knew I was never going to be that amazing. I mean, it, it but was— But you were in the spot—I mean, you were in a race, though, competing at that level. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to take some kind of— credit for that part i understand the realization so when you start realizing okay i'm gonna flip that switch what was your schedule prior where you're trying to do a little bit of of obviously the school and the d1 athlete and possibly some social media Mm -hmm. and 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 how did that schedule adjust to not having to go run track to not having to go warm up to not having to go do all those things that d1 athletes sometimes don't realize they have to do on their own 
or the want or drive to do it on their own. Yeah, the scheduling was a big part for me because obviously I was out of town like pretty much every weekend my freshman year because we were at meet after meet and in track you have indoor season and outdoor season so it's not like oh I'm just gone through it's the not winter the spring, right? right? Like, just like the spring. for high like, school. Exactly, like I'm practicing from the day we get on campus uh, to basically like May 20th or so. So even after finals, like finals are done, we're still at our conference track meet. So like it's a it's a grind. Like you're through so the when whole people year. make this whole noise about basketballs going year round, footballs going year round with seven on seven, you're like, yeah, we've been here. Yeah, we done we done that. I mean, it's even worse for cross country runners too. Like I was a sprinter, but if you're on the cross country side, you're training into the summer. Like you have no off season. Your off season is probably two weeks after the track conference me and then you get a little bit of off time and then you start cross country season essentially which is basically the summer did you run that in high school what's oh, going no. on okay no cross country you did the volleyball right at school uh, no volleyball I, I did basketball okay uh, but uh i was never never a long distance gal ever see i had so like my thing i have four kids they're all my last one's a, a senior in high school um they're all out of high school except for the last one and and in seventh and eighth grade, I always found it interesting to let them try one thing different because they were all sports. They were mm -hmm. soccer, um, basketball, volleyball, football. So I said, but at school, I want you to try something you don't do normally. And my uh, second to youngest daughter was like, yeah, or my youngest daughter was like, yeah, I'm not trying track, dad. I'm not trying. <laughs> Ends up being a leader for track and loves it and mm -hmm. turn it into something. But she gave up soccer for it. So like when you see these kids transition like just through the years and you go man like imagine that you had all these sports and now you're starting to windle it out when you got to those decisions out of high school what took you to that thought of I want to do track and what what, yeah. what really blew track out of the water for yourself well it's funny because I didn't even run my freshman year of high school like I, it wasn't even a thought I like I was like I don't want to run all the time right like who wants to do that like no one in their right mind wants to just can I say some people the, the common saying is if you're running is someone chasing you like yeah, you're, exactly. you're looking like, right you're everyone that does track or cross country has got a little they're wired different they're yes. literally wired differently yes. because you got to have a different mentality of that it's like it's such a mental game with yourself and like how how you can put yourself through all those workouts. I mean, you're literally pushing your body to its extreme limits. Of, and to exhaustion uh, in most uh, points, exhaustion. right? Oh, yeah. Like, that's what that's how you get better, right? Like, that's how you push your th threshold. So, like, um, I didn't really realize I was that fast until my sophomore, junior year of high school. And I was blowing everyone away at the JV meets. And I was like, this is way too easy. Like, I need to be on varsity. Like, this is not even fun. And then uh, our coach moved me up to varsity my junior year. And then that's when I just started to take off and really realize that, like, I'm like okay, I'm kind of good at this. And then I just had a goal in mind that I was like, I want to I wanna run D1 or I'm not going to do it kind of thing. Like, I'm either going to go big or go home, right? I'm either yes. going to go D1. I'm not going to take a D2 school or NAI. There was, like, some, like, Dakota State was calling me, like, visiting me and stuff. But I'm like... I, I want to go D1. Did you go I'm to high school locally? Yeah, Elkhorn South. Elkhorn South. Good old Elkhorn South. So were you there when it first started? Like, um, No. So I was there. I graduated in 2018. So okay. there was a few classes about, before Yeah, about me. four Yeah, four about four classes. classes before. So obviously the track hasn't developed to where they are as they're growing. Um, and then so what support did you feel that you got from family and friends when it came to track? Was there anybody that knew track enough to get you to over that hmm. hump 
Honestly, n- not family-wise, really. It, it was probably my coaches, I would say, that, like, really taught me how track worked and how to get better. Because I think, like, s- in middle school, it's just, like, go run, go right. do. It, they it might wasn't teach much one structure, thing. right? Yeah. Like, and my friends weren't super serious about it. Like, there wasn't anybody that was trying to go D1 except for the guys. So some guys on the team, like, we, I ran with Alex Nelson, who was a decorated okay. runner at – at Nebraska, so was his younger brother and older brother. So there was, like, guys on the team that I could definitely uh, ask questions to that were more serious and had it in their family. But I think – I don't even know if – my dad might have ran track in high school or something, but he was a big football guy. Like, me and him talk football like no other, but I couldn't play that, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I would have loved to, but um, no. So no, like, family members come to mind, but definitely definitely coaches. There's those coaches, I think, at Elkhorn South. I mean, Peter Cosme and – uh, Mrs. Kasner down there. She's not there anymore. She's I think she's over at Scut now, but um, Cosme down there, like he really was the one that pushed me to. Well, and I like that you said do that. other guys push you because obviously, if you roll that into the social media world, you're up against how do I, how can I, how did that help you grow yourself mm-hmm. to be able to be amongst what some would call, not anymore, but the men's media or yeah. you know how does that feel and, and how were you able to translate that and be able to go okay now I'm going to take a little bit from him a little bit from him yeah but you're going to see the Anna version come out and it's <laughs> going to blow some people out of the out of the water for sure I mean I could go back to just like my younger days I was always playing with the boys like always playing football with them at recess soccer I had some great family friends growing up. They're twin brothers, and so I would we would just beat each other up all the time. Basically, it's like they did not treat me like a girl. Like they were not like, oh, go easy on her. Like no, it was full fledged. We are on the same level, um, and, and that I honestly credit to wanting to be an athlete and just like having that tougher skin because you're dealing with boys that just like don't care. Right? Well, and it reminds me, you know, of course I'm an older older guy, but it reminds me of just that commercial like the Nike commercial. If they can do it, yeah. I could do it better. Yep. If they could do it, I could and do it better. And that was like me every day. I'm like I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to beat all the boys at this and that and just like that was that was my thing. All right. All right. So you could do your own Nike commercial. <laughs> yeah. So when you think of uh the social media or even in the uh sports media, what what took your role there and what made you even go that way? What what was your was yeah. there an inspirational um anchorist? Was there someone that made you go, "I want that job?" Yeah, um, I always say this, but Samantha Ponder on College Game Day was the first person I really looked up to. Like, I just remember watching her on Saturday mornings and seeing her and saying, if she can do it, I can do it kind of thing. Like, my biggest motto is, if you can see it, you can be it. And that's that's just representation across the board, right? Like, you want your kids to see a role model for them when, when they're growing up. Because sometimes, like, I mean, maybe even for you growing up, you didn't see people in your profession that you could look up to. And like, I felt that for sure growing up um, as a woman in sports and um, wanting to be one at least. But once I saw Samantha Ponder, I was like, okay, like this is a thing. This is a possible outcome for me. It's another way to get in there. How was the parents support? What was their thoughts? Because Mm -hmm. if you think of sometimes when you think of um, anchors and stuff like that, Money isn't always up there where everybody thinks it. Everybody thinks, oh, if you're on TV or if you've done this, you got all this money. No, no, no. You had to grind to get each additional dollar that you got. So what was your parents' thought on that? Was was that any talk of from your parents? I mean, my parents are so supportive. Like they never questioned anything I ever wanted to do. They were always, you know, the ones driving me to practice, especially my dad was always like 
can I be the third base coach on the softball team? You know, like he was always um, super supportive of, of that. They didn't really question any of my decisions. I think they knew that I was special in, in the fact that if I wanted something, I was going to go get it. And I don't think they've ever doubted that I would get to my goals. I'm still not at the goals that I have for myself, right, in like five to ten years. But they're, they've always been confident in me. I've never felt them like waver in support of like, oh, I shouldn't do that. I might not make any money. But the the industry that we're in, I mean, it's passion, right? It's yes. You do this because you love it. And like that's all I need. And they know that if I'm happy, it doesn't matter it doesn't that just that part doesn't matter right it's just all about if you can um if you can just have a a happy life and enjoy the work you do I think that's all that really matters and that's all they honestly care about see and that's like when people go man Kendall you got all these jobs I'm like I don't consider any of them a job I don't look at them as that aspect because I think when you do you kind of discredit what you do and you discredit the time that you're putting in because it is a lot of hours mm-hmm. it, it it is a lot of editing it is a lot of time where sometimes you just got to sit down by yourself and be able yeah. to buckle down but of course not everybody understands that aspect of it how's that been with social life with just friends family yeah. how's that understanding been and, and how what's some things that you're like man i I love what I do, but I have missed a few activities with the family or, or with friends. For sure. I mean, if you work in sports, you're working nights, you're working holidays. And I always say, like, I I know I made it big when I'm working Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? Because those are the yes. biggest games in sports. And, like, that's where I want to be at one point. And your family, I mean, definitely has to be understanding if you're in this business. And my family is. Like, they know my schedule. They know that um, I, I make time when I can. And they, they get that I have a lot of obligations. But... Yeah, there was things throughout college that I wish I could have done, you know, those silly things like formals or just social hangouts, parties, stuff like that. Like there, there's little things that you're like, oh, I wish I could have done that. And But I was used to missing things already. Like I already had been a student athlete. Like I knew yes. I understood time management so well that like I knew how to manage my classes to my work schedule or my workout schedule and kind of balance that with social life. Like I think the biggest thing that I've learned is to have a life outside of what you do. Like talk about the things that you like beyond sports, have friends that have different interests than you. And like, I definitely do like not all my, my friends at home are like super into sports. Like they could care less. Right. But I I love that because it gives me a different vantage point on life rather than always being wrapped up in sports. And it is a big part of my life, but it can't only define you. And like, that's the biggest thing that I've been working on is like, okay, who is, who am I? Like, how how can I define myself other than like, oh, I'm a sports reporter? Well, as you define yourself, what would you say your biggest thing that you try to do for your downtime? What's your yeah. what's your time waster? What's the thing that that Oof. can help you? You know, whether it is going fishing, whether it is what's something that you really drive to try to do a little bit more every year? Yeah, no, it's definitely music and like. I grew up playing the guitar, not very good now, so don't ask me to (laughs) play anything. I'm glad there's not a guitar in here. Um, But, like, simple things like that. I love music. Every Friday, like, I'm on New Music Friday on Spotify. Like, I I go through the whole list. Um, Any albums that drop, a big Drake fan. So, like, just keeping up with that I think is fun. Um, Obviously, hanging out with friends. I love traveling. My friends love traveling, so, like, every few months or so we get together and, like, all right, what city should we go visit, whether that's, like, Chicago or Phoenix or something like that. We, we're pretty good about um So where's your about. favorite travel place you've been so far? Ooh, favorite travel place? Honestly, 
kind of random, but Treasure Island in, in Florida. Okay. It's like this really cute beach, and it's just like this little town with um, dive bars, and then they have like uh, beachside um, bars and stuff like that. It's just like super cool. It's like it's a little own community. Nice. Um, yeah, it's kind of I've been down to the Keys. I, you know, I'm not a fish person. I'm okay. not one that eats seafood. I'll eat shrimp. I'll eat stuff like that, but... Uh, we, my uh, now future son-in-law, gosh, that's so hard to say, but uh, he was with us. He ordered some mahi-mahi ma- okay. uh, shrimp ta- or mahi-mahi tacos, and I tried it. Wow. Like, when you are mm. on that coast, like, get involved in whatever. Yep. At least let whatever the chef is trying to serve you, try try it. There's yep. a reason. They know the flavors. They know the taste. For sure. So I, I really, I, it's funny that you say Florida because that's one of our favorite places. We like to, I, th- I think the coolest thing about down there is you can go in the morning on the East Coast, mm-hmm. see the sunrise. You can make it a lot, a whole day and end up on the on the West Coast of, of Florida and still see the sunset. Yeah, so it's like seeing those moments and, and we like it in that, in that panhandle. So of course with traveling, with doing everything, um, I like seeing that Herd at Sports is getting out to the events. So yeah. far, what's been your favorite uh, national event that you've been able to cover? And uh, yeah. share a little bit of, of who you are and, and, and show the production way. Oh, man. Honestly, my favorite one is right here in Omaha. It's a College World Series. Uh, that's just been an event close to my heart because I grew up going and then I, I went as a fan, and now I get to go as a member of the media and as a professional. Like I, I went as a student. That's where I really started my career in sports reporting was at the College World Series as a sophomore, not knowing a single thing about what I was doing, right? And, and then now looking back and just saying, like, oh, my gosh, like I've, I've kind of made it somewhere, right? And I've um, got my name out there and established something. So I, I would say the College World Series, and that is a grind. I mean, it is every single day for 10 days mornings nights like you're there till midnight editing things and you're there early in the mornings um i mean it could be but it's the quickest two weeks that you'll ever think of yeah like it it definitely goes by fast and like you look at the dates and you're like oh my gosh this is gonna be the longest 10 days right just like you said but um it goes by fast and you're like "I, i miss it already like i'm like let's go back like let's go well, let's, and, let's and then the around. events just keep coming. Obviously, now Omaha is going to have like the Supernovas. Yeah. Union Omaha is doing good. Like, there's so much good sports going around. But sometimes it's the coverage or knowledge that these events are that much is not always out there. How do you feel like you at Herdata is able to make sure any event that mm-hmm. you're there, the the community knows it's happening. Yeah, that's like our biggest thing for sure. We we want to give a voice to everybody throughout Omaha and Nebraska in general. So we try to cover events that maybe people aren't covering. One of our great partners, Omaha, where I went to school, UNO, um, we work with them a ton in their sports because we kind of saw a lack of it throughout the Omaha community. I mean, there's usually a small little blurb about them in the paper, but like, that's not enough. Like these student athletes are working their butts off to do what they do. And, um, they provide an entertaining game for us to watch. So they deserve the credit as well. So, um, going out to UNO games has been something we've, we've really um, tried to implement and we, and we have also high school football, getting that more love on social media. I know everyone, you go out to a lot of games too. Like people love that stuff. Right. And there's just such a need for that digital component. See, and that, and that's what I, I keep sharing with people. Cause they're like, why are you doing what are you doing i'm like these kids just need one person to see what they've done Mm -hmm. 
you can you can have all the huddle you want you can have all that but right now coaches even even uh athletes they need it now yeah and they're looking now and and that's my whole thing i mean <clears throat> it hits a little harder when these are some kids that i used to coach whether it's in football basketball um baseball and you see them switch to football and they've never played football but you see them having success but of mm -hmm. course they don't have the name ahead of them and then you see them outside and you're like able to get people's eyes on it it's just crazy the amount of influence that we can help for them and, and i think sometimes it goes ungranted for those players because they're overlooked mm -hmm. because it's all about who can put out the most or who has the most yeah. follows but I tell you, when you could get a kid's video seen five, six thousand times, you never know when one coach totally. sees that. Oh my and gosh, that, yeah. And that's what I like about the high school football. And I really like that everybody's pushing. Obviously, then we go to basketball, volleyball. I would like to obviously do a little better. Uh, my schedule just hasn't worked that way. But obviously, even those kids need it. Oh, yeah. Um, when you look back at UNO, obviously, I think one of the things that people always wonder what did you learn? in schooling that has helped you to be who you are today and what is something that you wish a school or a college could do better to help uh future sports and um yeah you know sports media people yeah i mean what i learned in the classroom was definitely the basis i mean it's ap style it's learning how to write it's learning how to write scripts right for tv and then obviously on the print side too so definitely got my basis understanding between high school and college of what are the expectations for a journalist also learning just the ethics behind journalism and um even the law side of it too like we had to take a law course just of um different things that you need to be careful of in journalism obviously there's there's ways you can get in trouble as a journalist too and saying false things about somebody so kind of understanding that side of it too was really cool that UNO made you take that course just so you can understand that that half of it too but um I think the biggest thing that colleges need to do is just give kids opportunities and give them to them often and early hear that hear that line in sports a lot like you want to score early and often yeah, right? yeah, yeah. well you want to do that in college too for for reps right and, and you want to learn how to be a better broadcaster but the only way you can do that is trying and is getting those reps so it's yes I learned a lot in school but there's nothing like throwing yourself in a broadcast obviously you want to be prepared you want to be researched well but also there's nothing like being put in live situations, sitting on a studio desk and your producer tells you you have two minutes to fill about a hockey game yeah. and you're not the biggest hockey fan. You don't know a lot, but you have to talk about what's going on. Right. So it's it's those experiences that are that are key. I think um, UNO did a great job of giving those opportunities uh, plentiful. I mean, there were there were so many games for us to cover and they were always willing to let the younger freshmen or sophomores on. have trouble finding people to cover yeah. them sometimes i mean yeah there's there's been like times where they're like hey who can call this game and no one's available right and we we don't even get to call it because there's so many games and not enough students so like the biggest thing there is they just need more students interested and i think there are but i don't think they've found like mav radio which is our student yes. station there or they just haven't had the confidence enough to say okay i'm gonna go do it but like my biggest message to anybody that wants to get into this is um, try now and don't wait because you want to be as experienced as you can out of college. See, and, and of course, anytime that I have someone on the show, they're, they're always like, what are you going to talk about? What are we going to do? Do you like um, just impromptu conversation like we're doing? 
or do you also like to be very scripted on at least the questions of no? What do you feel more comfortable with? And because and, sometimes it looks like there's some free hand going and you kind of have to have that, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to be on your feet. Especially sometimes when you're talking to athletes and they give you a one word answer, right? And you just have to like come back with something, you know, and like you have to be willing to not stick to your script. And that's something I've learned. I mean, I think back to when I was starting out as a reporter, you don't really listen as much as as I do now because I'm more comfortable in what I do and I can, I can work a crowd better than I could previously. So I think... Um, it's just more confidence and more reps is when you can really find your way around conversations and say like, okay, I want to be a little bit more like I'm going to be different about this conversation than what I had planned. Right. So like you can pivot a lot easier, I think, as you get more experience. But at first, I mean, like I'm, I got my questions. I got three <laughs> or four questions. Like I'm not changing them no matter what. Right. But like there's a buzzer beater at the end of the game or a late foul or something and the game completely changes. You got to throw those away and write new ones. Like sports yeah. is never going to be perfect in what you want. Like your ideal world will probably never happen in the questions you want to ask just because things do change. There's plays that get made. There's injuries that happen. There's coaching changes. There's so many things that can happen. So, I mean, I'd, I would rather do, I, I, I would say like be well versed in, and your knowledge of what you need to talk about. But I think it's better to be unscripted and let conversations flow for sure. But always, always have a backup always plan. Have a backup don't plan. just go in there being like, all right, I don't know who you are, but we're going to talk to you today. You know, like you have to have what some was your, sort of, what yeah, was your name? Exactly. Like you got to know I think something. my biggest thing is no matter what I'm doing, cause I obviously I DJ as well. So I do a lot of weddings. Um, sports DJing has been my biggest thing between football, volleyball, um, basketball, but I always just overthink the names. And I don't know what it is, no matter, even even if it's something that I've said over and over and over. And I, is there anything that you do to help yourself? Because obviously you're live at these sporting events, so names mm -hmm. have to roll off. What's one thing that yeah. you think you do when it comes to names and how do you... Uh, how do you prepare yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of practice. And what I'll do is either talk to their sports information director beforehand and get them to pronounce it to me like five times. I'll put it in my voice memos and like okay. repeat it and like play it for myself before I go on. Or I'll write out how I think it should sound um, just phonetically in my notes and so I can have it there. Um, but once you hear it on the broadcast a few times, it's a lot easier. Like if you're hearing yes. a name for the first time, it's a lot harder. But if you hear other people say it, you're like, oh yeah. Like think of the names that you grew up with. Like there's probably some tough last names that you grew up with, but you just and know them so well because they're like household names in your community or whatever. Well, I mean, I, I dispatched life flight helicopters for all across the United States, um, with my part-time job. And so, uh, like the counties will call and they'll be like school Harry. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it, you're right. thinking something way off. Yep. And, and it's always funny just training someone new because they're like, what did they just say? <laughs> I'm like, you just hit N-Y-S-C-H and you'll find it. I promise you. But mm -hmm. I, you don't have to repeat it right now. Yeah. But then I have people that will make me repeat it on the on a, on a for a reason, whether I mess it up or say it wrong. And I'm like, come on, man, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying it right. I don't need to be put on the spotlight. That's funny. So when it comes to all the sports that you do. Is there a sport that you just want to go full all out if you could? I only ask because college baseball is a great event, mm -hmm. but it's so short lived. Is there is is there a sport that really has your heart that you want to go for? 
Yeah, I mean, football for sure has my heart. I mean, just growing up, throwing throwing the pigskin in the backyard with my dad, like, is as funny as that sounds, but, like, that's that's where my love for sports started was football. I hope my career ends there, right? Like, NFL Sundays is, like, my ultimate goal, right? I want to be okay. I want to be on the, the top game. Um, that's, that's the ultimate. But beyond that, I mean, I say my favorite sport is whatever's in season. I mean, it's basketball. It's going to be basketball soon. Right now it's volleyball. Like, I just – it's just tough for me to pick. And I, I don't ever want to, like, pigeon myself – pigeonhole myself into – one sport or the, or another I think that's silly because that's kind of missed opportunities and and what I'm doing it's such a grind that like if someone needs to me to fill in on a lacrosse game I'm I'm gonna say yes right it's yeah. like I, I just have to be well versed in all the sports so it's hard for me to pick one I'd choose my career in besides I want to end up in football for sure see and it's funny that you brought up the whole multi-sport because like Kevin Kugler just comes to mind and and like I w- I'm never afraid to say it. That's where I started my whole um, really getting into the AM radio was with the Chick and Nick show. And obviously they're a part of her dad. So like when you see those surreal moments and you think of uh, is there one female that is in multiple sports or are they pretty much locked down into one unless they're on Sports Center like yeah. Maine? Um, I mean, if you think about the top ones, it's like Aaron Andrews, who's obviously NFL. And then you think about Jenny Taft, who does a lot of college football. She also does soccer. She has a World Cup for Fox and does a few other things See, for I them, too. I think World Cup, that would, that no, would that's, be... Like, World Cup and it's coming be, to the U.S., so yeah. her dad sports, I don't know if you know, but uh, we could be out at some of these games. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll find a way in there. But That's right. Um, Chris Button is a really good example. She's on ESPN. She does college baseball, basketball, football, the whole nine yards, every everything um for espn but i mean there are definitely uh females in the industry that do everything uh on the play-by-play side not even reporting but lisa byington comes to mind she's she was just on the iowa football game she does milwaukee bucks and then she'll do march madness uh i think she does some baseball too so like she's everywhere and oh holly rose another one i should have mentioned her first i mean she does literally everything under the sun See, and it's good to see, obviously, the people that are growing the brand and growing. Where do you feel the the peak is and what do you what do you how long do you think it might take you to get to something there? Yeah, I, I know mean, you said, you know, Sundays and yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas. But what do you think? it? What do you think it takes? Is, is there you got your five year plan? You said what's what's a what's a goal plan? Yeah, I mean, hopefully. By 30, 35, I'm kind of where I, I really, really want to be, which would be the NFL. Um, but careers are just so up and down that I wouldn't – I don't want to place, like, a time stamp on anything, right? You don't want to um, say I, I can't reach a goal till I'm 30 because who knows? Maybe I'll reach it when I'm 25, right? Like, you just <laughs> don't know. Sure. So All it takes is one, right? Exactly. Like, it just takes one person to believe in you, and you, you never know what could happen, so – um, I, I don't like to put time on it necessarily, but I mean, there's definitely long-term goals or short-term goals and that's just getting more national TV. I've been on national TV one time and I want to do that, um, multiple times throughout the year. I want it to not just be a one-time thing, right? You want to get that consistent, um, consistent gig work. And, and those are the things that like a Kevin Kugler does. And he has built up such a resume that like, that's his job, right? It's, it's working these freelance gigs and he can, 
obviously make a living off of it, do what he needs to do and like get to travel and go to all these places. And that's like a great model to, to look to. And I've talked to Kevin about that um, and just like how he's worked his way up and grinded through the ranks. I mean, he started here in Omaha yes. on radio. So it's like it's crazy to see it, but it's also like, OK, it's possible for me. Well, and when you think of that traveling, could you see yourself being a hotel motel <laughs> person? I mean, honestly, I do that now because of work and I'm going out to a lot of different events or I'm traveling with friends other places. And I mean, go back to the days I'm a student athlete. I'm in a different hotel every week in a different yeah. city. So it's not something I'm unfamiliar with. Definitely. I'm fine with it. it it's not the best thing in the world to <laughs> have to pack your life up every weekend. But like if I was doing a job like that, I would you, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad about it. Was there any other career that you could think of growing up that you really wanted to be if you could have been? Honestly, no. It was sports journalism or bust for me, honestly. Um, Andrew Rogers, I mean, he goes back to like when he was eight. I oh. interviewed him and he was like talking about he, his mom made his own Halloween costumes. Yeah, I, yeah he's yeah. got a good picture and of that. And so then I, I just had to ask if there was anything growing up that, that oh, you knew. Oh, well, I guess I... I wanted to be like a famous singer and guitarist when I okay. was like 10, but that's about it. That didn't go too far, but dang, no, no guitar. No, no, no we, did, we did the lessons. We did the thing for a couple of years, but beyond that, I mean, no, didn't go too far. All right. So what's coming up for you? What's the, what's the next thing that you're looking forward to and uh, how can people find you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll actually be in Milwaukee at the prep baseball report all-star game. So awesome. Getting high school coverage, just for baseball across the nation because it is ridiculous talent level. I mean, they got Kale Fountain from from here in Nebraska going out there for it. So these these kids are going to be MLB all-stars very soon. Um, that level of talent's crazy. I'm excited to cover that. Uh, and then just Husker sports, Creighton sports. Really excited for this upcoming Creighton basketball season between men's and women's. And then obviously Omaha too, my alma mater. Love to go out to hockey games, uh, volleyball, basketball, anything I can get out to. Falls here, honestly. It, it, it it's is. crazy time right now because all the sports are happening, but uh, it definitely doesn't slow down because then, then there's winter and then you get into March Madness, which is another one of my favorite things. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much there, there's so much up and coming. You can you can find it all at, at Hurt at Sports, and then you can find me at, at Annabelle Media on Twitter. So, yeah, that's kind of where everything is, is located for what we're up to, where we're going to be. Plenty Milwaukee of should there. be fun. Is it in, is it indoors up there? Or? Yeah, the stadium is indoors. It's the Milwaukee Brewer Stadium. So okay. I think they have a roof, but that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah I thought it I was a retractable a roof. roof. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, I interviewed Kyle and his brother and his dad back when I was first starting the podcast, and it was at the Wired Training Center, and just to see what Kyle's went through, coaching wise. And you're getting to go watch these kids play at this ultimate level. And I only bring it up because I interviewed uh, Connor Capisci as well. Mm -hmm. And and we had him on the show where he talked about 10th grade. He went to this big event, so many coaches, and not a, they were talking to every kid, but he didn't get one. Not wow. one. Yeah. Ends up looking in the mirror, says, I have to make myself physically better than who I am. Comes back senior year this year when we interviewed him. He's freaking playing for Creighton. And when he came for his interview, he was actually waiting for the White Sox to possibly offer him. Wow. So, like, to see these, like you said, baseball coverage in this local area, 
I know we don't get to play it as much as the coast and as south yeah. and all that, but these kids have talent oh, and yeah. they have opportunity mm-hmm. just by getting under the right eye. So oh, it's sure. awesome to hear that you're going to go see Kyle Fountain out there and, and hopefully some other local Iowa, Nebraska players. But once again, this is a Wired Access podcast, part of the Herd at Sports Production. I'm DJ K. Dub Omaha, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.